Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What's up, everybody? Welcome just outside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Tim, we got kicked out of the Woody Hayes again. Uh, Ohio State's about to kick off practice here on Tuesday, and we are about to kick off a practice report after hearing from Ryan Day, Jim Knowles, and CJ Stroud. Yep. A um, few injury updates, some interesting uh, comments. CJ Stroud was in a a funny mood, I guess you could say, having having a couple of jokes as he as he dissected some of the plays he miraculously made uh, against Toledo, seemingly miraculously, but he makes them look pretty easy. Uh, but let's get to the injuries first, Tim. Trayvon Henderson, short-term issue. He should be back for the Buckeyes on Saturday. Uh, Jordan Hancock likely won't be back for the Buckeyes. He's not where Ryan Day and the Buckeyes hoped he would be uh, yes, right with now. His, with his leg problem. Yes, uh, but Trayvon Henderson, I think that walking boot will be off on Saturday. I think he'll be in attendance for the game and in uniform for that game. Uh, just happy we don't have to talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming anymore uh, and their ailments or maladies, as you like to say. Yeah. But uh, it seems like the Buckeyes are getting semi-healthier uh, heading into Big Ten play against Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, and obviously uh, we're, it's still not clear what was wrong with Tanner McAllister and uh, Josh Proctor at the start of that game the other night when they couldn't get, they got ruled out um, at some point uh, prior to uh, kickoff. Actually, maybe prior to practice, who knows? Uh, we didn't get a clear picture on that, but what they did find was more depth or playable depth in their safety room. So that was a uh, applauded for them. You know, you heard me ask Ryan Day about, that's been one of the real silver linings of this preseason. Excuse me, I keep saying preseason. Pre-conference schedule was they have plumbed the depths of the wide receiver room and the safety room. I think come out, came out feeling real good about what they found in that regard. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things progress through the week. Because 
uh, Ryan Day likes to leave uh, health situations sort of a mystery for all. And uh, we'll see what pops up as a week goes on. Yeah, another one, Mike Hall. Uh, didn't mention him at the top of the show. Michael. I think Mike Hall probably could have played Saturday if he had to because he looked like he was ready to play yes. throughout the game, uh, but never got the call. Mike Hall never got the call, uh, but he will likely get the and call. And that's all. <laughs> he will likely get the call on Saturday. Jim Knowles said, uh, I, I think so, when we asked him if he was ready. Yeah, or... but Jim Knowles always adds, that's above my pay grade. And, as I, and I'm always thinking, my thought is, but you're making $1.9 million a year you know, but of course, uh, Ryan's making a little bit more than that. Yeah, I just wonder how much the training staff's making if Jim Knowles hasn't something above his pay. Well, no, he's talking about he, oh, you know, everybody know. defers <laughs> questions about players' health and safety to the head coach who basically rarely tells us anything about it. So beyond the injuries, on the injury front, Tim, beyond that, uh, a lot of talk about Cade Stover today, a lot of talk about the defense. One of the most interesting comments, I'll stick on the defensive side with Jim Knowles was, uh, and it's going to be on lettermanrow.com and the four lessons learned from this press conference uh, for the site later today. But uh, Jim Knowles mentioned that he has not seen a dominant performance from the Ohio State defense yet. That's almost, that's about as called out as the Ohio State defense is going to be by Jim Knowles. He's very much a coach who takes uh, all the blame or and none of the praise. So he'll take all the blame when something goes wrong. He'll take none of the praise when something goes right. Uh, you don't hear him call out his defense uh, ever. But uh, when he says that he still hasn't seen a dominant performance, that's about as as much of a call out as you're going to get. I think he's issuing a challenge to this defense going against Braylon Allen and Graham Mertz in that Wisconsin offense. Um, that for its flaws the last few years seems to have a little bit more of a kick to it than it had uh, previously. I think they scored over 60 points against New Mexico State. Um, that Take that for what it's worth, but also yes. it can score. And so Jim Knowles levied that, leveled that uh, little bit of a challenge there in the press conference on Tuesday. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, I think he's accurate. I mean, they have not had that full game dominant performance. Uh, you know, you can look back on the Arkansas State game. Arkansas State scored more points than Notre Dame did against Ohio State. So that was not a dime. And then follow that up, Toledo scores 21 points, you know, and immediately matched the score early in the game. Can't. You know, his point is they've had some really dominant moments mm -hmm. over the last uh, three weeks, but they haven't put that, for one of another term, complete game together like we saw the Ohio State offense do this past weekend. Yep. With the exception of one punt. Uh, it's almost like they punted just to keep Jesse Murko in the loop uh, on that deal, because I don't know why they didn't go for it there. But, keep him out of the, tra out of the transfer portal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, the Australian in the transfer portal would be interesting. But the bottom line is I think he's – yeah, he's throwing a little challenge out there, but he's also letting everybody know that, you know, this isn't three games in the end product of this defense. This no. isn't what you're going to see the rest of the year. And I'd had a rejoinder. He hopes, yeah. you know, because they gave up a few plays the other night to uh, to a scrambling uh, quarterback, which really irked him. And uh, I'm not sure they're going to pretty sure they're not going to face a guy who can run like that from the quarterback position as fast as Daquan Finn was, et cetera. You're gonna, uh, the rest of the year, you're gonna face some guys who could scramble and run, but that that guy was unique in his own right and they failed a few of those tests. And yet when you turn around and you watch like the Toledo post-game press conference is really interesting. Uh, Jim Knowles is making his impact here because yes. they often refer to the Jim Knowles and the Jim Knowles defense instead of the Ohio State defense. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? People know what they're facing now. This is a novel kind of look. 
this defense, these guys get look more and more comfortable every week when they're running it, I do believe. But you're still you're still going to give up a play or two. You're maybe a player of five in a game. And uh, and like he, he, he uh, opened up uh, a little bit today about you're, you're going to give up some explosive plays occasionally. That's in this defense happen. specifically? Oh, okay, of course. But any defense is going to do that with the way offenses now are trained, et cetera. And if they've got any modicum, uh, and that's my, probably not even the correct word, uh, but of competence, they're going to make some plays occasionally. You just don't want to make two in a row. And as, I, as we talked about the other day, you don't want to give up a jump ball, which is what they did give up at one point in that game. It's okay to give up that 50-50 ball, but then the guy catches it and scores with it. Yeah. That's the sin. That's 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 what you can fix. And so they'll be hard at that, I'm sure, this week. Yeah, and I asked Ryan Day, point blank, you know, how have you evaluated your cornerbacks yet? I, I don't think that's exactly how I said it, but how is you know, your cornerback play, it's been a little bit of a concern. Do you see that getting better? You know, kind of an, an interesting answer to to say, you know, we've got some things to work on, you know, instead of saying, yeah, it hasn't been as where we hoped it'd be, you know, they're still confident in Cameron yeah. Brown, in Denzel Burke, in J.K. Johnson. Whenever Jordan Hancock comes back, they've seen things from all four of those guys. Even Jair Brown, I thought, played really well in his in his fourth quarter that he played on the field. Yeah. Guy who's making progress. Um, you're seeing a cornerback room that's almost in flux him as the rest of the defense has caught up with this Jim Knowles scheme and this new Ohio State scheme, not the Jim Knowles <coughs> But the cornerbacks are still trying, I think, to adjust to being on that island, to having no help over the top sometimes. You know, that first play of the game, you saw Cameron Brown trail. Was that his fault? Was that somebody else's? Still to be determined, I guess, unless you're in that meeting room with the Buckeyes, which none of us are. Uh, but this cornerback room, I think is just a couple games behind the rest of the defense as far as adjusting yeah. to the new way, the new way of doing things around here in the Woody Hayes and inside Ohio Stadium. Yeah, you know, you and I, you and our buddies, we talk about stuff about football all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, we ought to tape all of those, and then people would really, <laughs> they would really not watch, right? No. Yeah. I mean, but it is it is amazing as we talk about different things. I'm always bringing this up, and I even brought it up in a question to Jim Knowles today. You know. Those guys out on the island, as they call it, the cornerback room, they better get used to life on the island, like Gilligan's Island. That lasted how many years? Six, seven years? Yeah. In syndication, it goes on forever. But the point is, that's where you got to attack this defense. And it's going to get more of that, maybe not this week, because this team likes to, this is, <coughs> excuse me, still got lingering cold aspects. Maybe tomorrow I'm over it. But this team, we'll see. Uh, this is this is a battle of heavyweights on Saturday night in Ohio Stadium. Wisconsin's going to play you pretty much straight up for the most part, but they're going to try those corners because that, that's where the fewer people are, yeah. you know, and that's where you've got to attack the the edges of this defense, and so you've got to get used to it. And your corners aren't going to make every play out there, you know. When you when you turn around and a guy is just bit just basically uh, for a split second on something, and he's trailing or something. Well, you can like, you know, get upset about it and everything. He knows what he did wrong. Uh, the play with the play is over. You can't go fix that particular thing. You can coach him up a little bit more on the fundamentals of dealing with that kind of situation. Just like with Denzel Burke, I don't think. See, I don't think Denzel Burke is playing as poorly as a lot of people are throwing it out there that he is. But it's glaring when there's a play to his side and he doesn't make it. That's what that. That's what those other teams are living on right now. So it stands out. Yeah. I mean, you know, he can make 
seven plays out of eight, or he can make eight plays out of ten, but those two you don't make on the corner jump out at anybody. I think, and so uh, I think they're catching all that, and they also understand is, okay, give a big play, you don't give up two in a row. I mean, that's the big thing. You don't give up two explosives in a row. You don't let a guy score after he catches a jump ball. That's what they're really harping on. Yeah, and I think Denzel Burke, especially, you know, I look back at that Arkansas State game, I think he had two pass breakups. One of them was a really nice play yeah. on a slant route that he just did not allow, uh, you know, a catch that, that could have been a first down. And nobody remembers that because of the two, uh, you know, pass interference calls. Yeah. You know, he has a couple nice plays, a couple tackles out on the edge uh, against Toledo, but nobody remembers it because of the jump ball that ended up being a touchdown. The mistakes are one thing. The mistakes that are, are on big plays are the other thing. If you give up a big play, minimize that mistake. You know, like you said, tackle the guy. But it seems like when those mistakes are made, they haven't been minimized. And I think that's where the cornerback's issue is maybe at a discontent, disconnect with the rest of the defense who's been really good at not giving up big plays, especially in that run game. As we shift over to the offense, Tim, we already talked about Travion Henderson. He's going to be back Saturday. Hang on one second. <coughs> now I can talk for more than two minutes. Go ahead. He's going to be back on Saturday, Trayvon Henderson, that is. Uh, you know, but a lot of the focus today was on Cade Stover and G. Scott, the two tight ends. G. Scott is making a upward progression. Up, he's on an upward trajectory right now in that tight end room. He looks like he's really starting to come around. He's not just a receiver converted to tight end anymore, Tim. He is a true tight end who can be on the field in both run game and pass game. Of course, the I formation came up. Um, your takeaways from hearing from this Ohio State offense and Ryan Day in particular. Well, number one, the G. Scott plan is right on schedule. We talked about this before, uh, maybe last week, maybe maybe yesterday, but my point is they wanted him to be established as a true tight end yep. in this offense. Can't necessarily do that against Notre Dame because Notre Dame, you talk about two heavyweights going after each other. This, this matchup this week reminds me of that from the standpoint of just physicality, the physical s status of these teams or, or or look of these teams are yeah. pretty close to each other. Like, you know, for yes. one of another term, like competition. But you wanted to use that Arkansas State and Toledo game to bring along some guys, including G. Scott, as a true tight end. Oh, and also he can do this. Yeah. And he can he can be a wide receiver for you. They tried to give him the ball a couple of times last week against uh, Toledo. Didn't work out like they would wanted to. They would like to have seen him caught a, caught a, uh, catch a pass in those situations. Uh, the bottom line is, yeah, he's he's one of those guys by middle of the year, you can be going, okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. This yep. is exactly what they had in mind for this guy. But you can't put a guy on the field who is listed as a tight end but hasn't truly played as a tight end. You follow my drift there. And that's been a project, I know, by Kevin Wilson and this offensive staff to get him established that way. I think it's been uh, basically uh, a uh, successful uh, endeavor. And I'm telling you, Tim, it's going to be really interesting. Ohio State made Arkansas State pay when Arkansas State viewed G. Scott as a wide receiver and put another safety on the field. And Ohio State was able to, to handle them in the run game. It's going to be very interesting if Ohio State decides just one time, CJ Stroud's under center, and he backs off the ball and puts G. Scott out wide after you put a linebacker in there to make G. Scott cover as a tight end. And then you've got a linebacker on G. Scott at wide receiver. I'm not in the meeting rooms, Tim, but I can imagine that's part of the discussions here of how you can exploit what these teams try to do to defend this offense because there are so many layers to what they can do to you yeah. that now you can start to, 
I don't think Ryan Day wants to have fun with defenses, but you can start to kind of uh, manipulate what a defense does and, and make them pay for what they do. Yeah, a lot of times something I'm going to be working on is obvious to everybody, like the sun coming up, you know. Yeah. But when I asked Ryan Day that's, that question today about they didn't just put the I formation in to run a to run a uh, a, t uh, a uh, an I back dive and a fullback dive, mm -hmm. you know, which is mainly what you see out of a lot of those from the past. They put an I formation in, but if you just studied the video from last week's game, the stuff they did out of the I formation in the red zone, it's crazy. I mean, they put a package in. Mm -hmm. That's what they. That's what this coaching staff does. I think better, as well if not better than anybody is. They don't put a gimmick play in. They put an. Uh, they put a formation in, and then without changing personnel from one play to the next, can run about 15 different things. And I'm going to study. I'm going to. I'm going to jump into that a little bit this week in a story about just just because you have you just because you have three tight ends on the field plus a fullback and a tailback doesn't mean you have three tight ends on the field and a fullback and a tailback. You actually, with Mitch Rossi in there, you have four tight ends on the field. Yeah. Perhaps. Uh, you have a you have an offensive lineman wearing a, a tight ends number. Well, that means he's eligible if he's uncovered. Yeah. You know, Josh Fryer. Uh, you have G. Scott maybe flanked off the, off the, it looks like the power eye. Suddenly he flanks out, it ain't the power eye. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, and you've got Cade Stover who's proven himself as a pass catcher. It's Unfortunate for Cade, that ball was just a little bit out of his reach. Yeah. But that came out of that situation. Uh, that's what I like about this Ryan Day staff is they take this this branch and then they have limbs coming off of it and then twigs coming off of that. And that's that stands out to me. But that that's why I'm very curious about where this offense is going. Because I think in the first couple of weeks, that I formation has established them as being quite serious about being more physical and powerful inside the five yard line with a power running game. But then look out, cause it's a hand grenade. Yeah. It can go all kinds of different directions uh, at the drop of a hat, at the whim almost of the quarterback. And I think that's interesting Tim. why, you know, I can't remember the last time Ohio State ran a true trick play. And I think that's because they know they can do all of these different things out of all these different formations. Yeah. That, you know, it's not just the talent advantage. That's they don't literally going to be one of my lines. It's not just the, the talent advantage. They don't need trick plays because they've got all those branches to do that off of. Uh, well, a trick play, well, you know, a trick play is basically to catch somebody out, right? Yeah. And when you have the depth of personnel that these guys have got from a talent standpoint, I mean, guys that can competently run routes and catch passes, but also they can pass block if they mm -hmm. have to. In essence, you're running trick plays without running them. I mean, yeah. that's... And that's when you've really got something going on. Yeah. And it seems like Tim and I have something going on here, too. Uh, we recorded a video yesterday. We've got one today. We'll have another one tomorrow here. In, in, well, inside. you and I see things kind of like eye to eye. And, like, sometimes we get into these conversations, and it's almost like, you know, I, I prefer to have almost an argument sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. And it, to me, it's it's I, I just enjoy it because, you know, you, you definitely know football. And, you know, am I an expert on football? No. But I enjoy – the nuance that goes on, you know, the dance that goes on. Just like Saturday, we, we as I pointed out to you, and we're talking about it. You know, Jim Knowles is talking about reschooling his guys on a, a quarterback who can scramble, who's that fast, etc. They worked on that all week last week. They still got caught out on it. But what's one of the things that uh, 
I thought Toledo did pretty well on several different occasions. They took Ohio State's very aggressive defensive ends and or a guy rushing and just danced him out of the way. Yep. You know, which is what that's that in itself is pretty sort of like semi-genius, you know, of using this guy's strength against him. And then suddenly Daquan Cook or Daquan Finn, I keep saying Daquan Cook. Daquan Finn had some places to run. Yep. Not every play. They they battened down the hatches most of the time on Saturday, but a few times they got caught out. And uh you know, you got to watch these games and you got to rewatch them about the little games that are going on within the play, which are very interesting to me. So that's where we'll leave this video, too. Yeah, okay. Uh, good discussion. Uh, thought we got some things accomplished here. I thought Ryan Day had a lot to say. I thought CJ Stroud, Jim Knowles, we'll have full coverage of that. LettermanRow.com all day, Tuesday, Wednesday, leading up to Saturday night, 7.30 in the Horseshoe, Ohio State and Wisconsin. Tim and I will be there. Matt Parker will be on the field taking photos. Uh, also, huge recruiting weekend for, for Ohio State. Uh, Keon Keeley, the five-star defensive ends yeah. visiting. Matt Parker has full coverage of that at LettermanRow.com. Tim and I will be breaking down the game. He'll be on the recruiting front. We'll have all of the coverage you could possibly need. Make sure you subscribe. It's $1 right now for an entire year. That is a hell of a deal, Tim. Yes, it uh, is. The YouTube channel. That's free to subscribe to. Make sure you hit the little bell down in the bottom corner. Uh, you can get notifications whenever we post new videos, which we do just about every day at this point, Tim. But the 40-year vets right there, that's Tim May. I'm Spencer Holbrook. We'll see you guys in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on Wednesday night. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.